This is a famous part of the nine lessons that are often read at Christmas, but it's the one I want to read, and I just want to talk to you out of it. I found God stirring my heart out of this uh, passage in John's Gospel and chapter 1. I'll just read it to you. As you've been listening to the Word of God, just listen again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It is a magnificent passage and this is the person who Christmas is all about. We've just been listening to. This is why there is something to rejoice in at Christmas. The heavens aren't empty, nor are they a blank screen on which we project some giant fantasy of our own and create a God in our own image. The real projector, the authentic projector, doesn't point from earth to heaven, points from heaven to earth, and screens God's image on a human scale. The one valid projection, the image of the Father, was his own son, Jesus Christ, the one who came as Jesus Christ. And he showed us the Father. He became a man among us. If you want to know what God is like, you need to look at the Lord Jesus. If you want to know what real holiness is, we need to look at Jesus. He is the express image of the Father, projected to us, in us, as a man. I want to give a bit of attention, really, to just one verse. I think it will go on the screen for you. Verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Commentator called Leon Morris says of this, this, opening, phrase, this opening phrase, the Word became flesh, he said... In one short, shattering expression, John unveils the great idea at the heart of Christianity, that the very Word of God took flesh for man's salvation. The Word became flesh. That is the radical difference of Christianity. It really is. Jesus is not just another teacher, 
That baby born at Bethlehem is not merely about something about empathising with humanity or the, the weak triumphing over the strong, good over evil in some general way. There is something profound that goes on. The Word became flesh. That's what happened in Bethlehem in Judea in the time of Caesar Augustus when Quirinius was governor of Syria. At a tangible point of time in real history, this happened. The Word became flesh. And even the words chosen in that verse are very important. The word flesh is a precise choice. It's the Bible word for humanness. It's not a word that's easy for us to sort of tussle with and translate. It's a word for the human nature, really, humanness. And the incarnation means that Jesus Christ was God taking upon him nothing less than the whole of human nature. One old writer said this, that which was not taken could not be healed. If Christ had not taken the whole man, he could not have saved the whole man. Jesus became flesh so that he could save we who are flesh, the whole person, the whole man. The word flesh also implies that Jesus was liable to weaknesses and pains because they're inseparable from being flesh, the limitations of our life. He became like any one of us with a nature liable to the things we're liable to except sin, or he didn't give in to sin. And finally, this word flesh is universal, transcultural. And it teaches us that Jesus assumed the nature which is common to men and women of every race and type. He came to be the saviour of all flesh. And he was made flesh. So the gospel and the Christmas story, which is the beginning of the gospel, is good news for everyone. If you are a human being in this room, it's good news for you. I'll let you make your decision. But if you're flesh, this is good news for you. God really became a man like ourselves in all things but sin. He was born in a normal way, nine-month gestation period, normal birth from Mary's womb in that famous, uh, very dirty, restricted area, the stable at Bethlehem. Like us, he grew from infancy to boyhood and to manhood. Like us, he hungered. Like us, he thirsted, ate, drank, slept, got weary, felt pain, wept, rejoiced, marvelled, was moved by anger, moved by compassion. Having become flesh, he, he prayed and he, and he needed to pray and, walk, and be in relationship with his father. He read scripture, he suffered temptation, resisted it but suffered all its pressure. He submitted his human will to God's will, the father's will. And finally, and amazingly, in that same body, he really suffered real human suffering. Shed his blood, really died, was really buried really did rise again and really physically rose and then ascended to the Father. But all that time, Jesus was someone very special. He was God become man. And this is a great mystery. Here you are, you've come to a carol service and you're being spoken to about something that is the heart of 
the real celebration. But it's a very profound thing. It's something that's quite hard to fully understand. But there was one person with two natures, God and man. There's, this has often been tried. Attempts are to put it in words which are important. I've chosen one which is actually from the second article of the Church of England, written centuries ago, based itself on other creedal statements. I'm just going to read it to you. This is a statement of Christian understanding of who Jesus was, to keep trying to make it clear. It's what the Bible teaches, but the Bible <coughs> just tells you the truth about Jesus. But people have often tried to articulate it. Here's one example. The Son, <coughs> which is the Word of the Father, begotten from everlasting of the Father, the very and eternal God, and of one substance with the Father, took man's nature in the womb of the Blessed Virgin of her substance. <coughs> so the two whole and perfect natures, that is to say the Godhead and the manhood, were joined together in one person, never to be divided, whereof is one Christ, very God and very man. Now you might say, wow, that's a bit complicated. It's not really, it's just profound truth. Jesus was very God and very man. Another one which isn't going to go up there, an old catechism, has the word made flesh actually saying this, I am what I was, that is God. I was not what I am, that is man. I am now called both God and man. And Jesus was this unique being. Not two natures blended and one swallowed up in the other. Perfect man, perfect God. When he died, he suffered for our sins on the cross and was made sin for us, but it was as God manifest in the flesh. He proclaimed flesh in the fullest sense, but he stayed as God. You can say, John, why is this important? Okay, is this hair splitting? Are you giving us archaic theology? Not at all. This is vitally important. It's because of who Jesus is. It's the unique nature of Jesus Christ that not only makes Christianity unique, I'm not doing a rah-rah for Christianity, it makes everything different since Jesus came. It is right that our calendar is BC and AD. It's made everything different. A new sort of person arrived and he did something, he died on the cross and rose again, that made it possible for us to have a different future to the one that we were facing. It is remarkable. He is very man, so he could truly represent us, and he died for us and bore our sins on the cross. But he's very God, so he dealt with the Father on equal terms and can bring us into an intimate relation with the eternal God that is like a son to a father. So his unique nature gives amazing value to the blood shed on the cross. It gives infinite value to his resurrection. His resurrection means there is change for everyone who's in Christ. There's hope that we can have an, a resurrection and an endless life like his. 
our weak and failing bodies can be transformed to be like his glorious body. It really does make an, a universe of difference, I don't know what words to use, that Jesus came to earth as he was, died and rose again and went back to heaven. Everything has changed. Jesus was unique, but it wasn't like a demonstration. He came, went and disappeared. It's changed everything for you and I. We can all be completely changed now and for eternity as a result. How does that happen? Well, in the passage I read, a couple of verses before, let's put them up. Verses 12 and 13 give us a very simple, but again profound, key to to what we need to do. It says this, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Let's just leave that up for a moment. Because Jesus was who he was, that's why the theology is so important. It's so important. Because Jesus was who he was, this is true. You can, by putting faith in him and receiving him as your Lord and Saviour, become a child of God, born of the Holy Spirit. Born again, as it's sometimes described in the Bible. Born from above. You can have a completely new start in and through Jesus, by faith in him and receiving him as your saviour. But that is only the beginning of an eternity with him. One day, you will share his sort of nature, if I can put it that way. It's a new sort of humanity. It's a new sort of being, really. There is a man at the right hand of the Father as we stand here tonight, Jesus of Nazareth. And one day, I will also have a new body. It'll be quite nice, it won't have flu. And I'll be a renewed and changed John Groves, sharing something of what Jesus is. He's the first fruits of a whole new sort of person. You say, wow, there's an awful lot in all this, John. Yeah, there is an awful lot in it. That's why Christmas is worth celebrating. This is not about some little pretty story only. It's got some nice bits to it. Of, of a baby and you know it's good that one innkeeper was quite kind this is about the word become flesh this is about everything changing for us and a future that is radically different from what it would be if Jesus had never come Jesus Christ has made a way by which you and I can become children of God we can call God Father Abba Father we can know the creator, the word, the living God, intimately and personally for ourselves. That really is good news. And it's no wonder that the angels declared loudly and clearly on that first day of Jesus' life. They shouted across the sky, only heard by shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. They were announcing from heaven this. The word became flesh. Something incredible has happened. This is good news of great joy that will be for all people. All flesh. Including you here tonight. 
many of us probably understand a little bit of what I've been talking about. Let's just, like I found myself this week, just be amazed at the grace and truth that have come to us through Jesus Christ. Let's just be grateful that he ever contracted to a span and came as our Saviour and Lord. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But let's also be determined to share that good news with others. And if you're not here, if you're here this evening, I beg your pardon, and not clear, you don't think, well, I don't really know what you're talking about, received him, believe in his name, please come and talk to me afterwards. Because really, it isn't that difficult for you to know Jesus Christ for yourself and for you to become a child of God with the same spirit living in you and to be able to call God your father. Because that's why Jesus came. That's what he came to do. And that door is still wide open for all of us. It won't stay open forever. When history ends or your life ends, that door, seems, that door does close. But tonight it's open. So please come and talk to me because I'd love you to understand the glorious, wonderful person Jesus is. I feel in my weakness, I, you know, I, I think, oh God, how can I convey this? But I can assure you there was something I just felt... This is magnificent. This is magnificent. 